Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Trillionaire. Thoughts of a Trillionaire is the ugliest podcast in the verse with the bestest of ideas. Um, I like to focus on creating and talking about ideas in which will really us towards a better future um, by creating ideas all around the idea, uh, all around the concept of, um, of selfish altruism. To take a to take a phrase from um, in a nutshell. And basically is the idea that the best ideas are not those that are um, strictly about us and about um, how much money we can make, how much value we can take from others, but also how mu- about how much value we can give to others and about how the best ideas are those that create more value for more people, um, more accessibility, more um, uh, capability, more empowerment and stuff like that. Um, well, all the things I talk about are censored around that stuff. And today, I'm going to talk about world building, specifically the tools we can use to help build better worlds. Um, usually, in regards to fiction, you know, different stories or games or um, movies or whatever. But also in regards to just just thinking about scenarios or 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 uh, empathizing with people or just ideating about you know how to make your own environment or culture in terms of a business or um, a, a like community or something like that. But in general, definitely world building around uh, fiction, you know, how to make a, the most epic world, something like Skyrim or um, even, not really even Skyrim itself, but like Elder Scrolls in general. Fair warning, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just made a segment. <laughs> um, but welcome back again to Thoughts of a Trillionaire. Um, I'm not sure how this thing, how these segment things work. So I, I made the intro in this own segment, and this is going to be another one. Um, but I'm not I'm sure if I'm going to do that again because I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep the rest of this podcast all in this segment here. Um, later on, I might, might learn to separate these uh, furthermore. But anyways, here we go back into it. Basically, I was talking about world building, the different worlds I like. I didn't get too much into it, but... What I really want to focus on is the tools we can use to make the best world building. I believe there are five main segments to world building, no pun intended. <laughs> um, the idea, the setting, or the idea which is you know how most storytelling uh, kind of starts and works, or how you come up with the, with the story you, that you're going to tell. Um, the setting is the, gives, it, it's what gives context and shape to the story. And then you have the plot, which is, you know, of course, crafting the story, what the story actually is. And then you have the lesson, which is the message or purpose of that story. And finally, you have the medium, which is where and how that story will live on beyond itself. So that's like the storyteller. That's the medium. That's the game, the book, the um, whatever you want to call it. You know, that's extremely important in actual world building as well. So um, to start with the idea, um, once you come up we always ask how to come up with ideas, right? Um, and coming up with an idea for a, a world um, or story, even in general, is more is, is different than coming up with a story with uh, you know for a business or um, for a product or whatever. A world involves something of a level of emerging almost. You know, when you come up with, with the idea for a world, you want to think about um, what will make this thing this this environment this world um something that another person will want to be immersed in will want to live in will want to dive into you know um so when we're coming with the best uh with a really good world that's what we're thinking about usually um i've read like thousands of books over time 
over uh, in my my young 20 23 years of age and like every every single one of the best ones really are are the types of books in which the world itself was so amazing that that pretty much any plot could really do within that world it was so good that you could even have a stereotypical plot of you know antagonists uh, rising action blah 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 you know stereotypical stuff but the world makes it so interesting that you don't even care about that <laughs> i believe that's why that's why something like star wars is so freaking powerful and so huge because the world itself that it crafts around you is so magnificent and so um uh, expansive and so uh inclusive in terms of ideas that you can have like these these <laughs> Um, plots that basically recycle themselves with the Death Star, you know, just destroying the same thing, the, the the Jedi. It's like pretty much the same plot since the first one. But the world is so amazing that it's lived on for all these decades, right? And so how, how do you come up with that, that sort of idea for a world? Um, I believe it focuses around, one, um, the, cra the, the strategy of ideation, you know, how you ideate something, how, how you come up with an idea. Um, there's, a, there's a strategy to it. You don't just sit down one day and be like, oh, I'm going to come up with Star Wars. No, it's, it's more of a process um, in which the, only the latter part is an epiphany. Or either the latter part, the last part, or the first part is the epiphany where you say, whoa, what if blah, 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 blah. What if um, you can have, what if there's dragons and you can have a dragon breath and then when you yell, it makes a big sound or something. <laughs> I don't know how to come up with that idea, but you know, you have a, a epiphany one day where, where something just comes to your mind, and boom, there's an idea. But that's only that only really gives you the kind of the tip of what your world is going to be. Um, to actually ideate the whole thing, you have to have a process of um, asking questions about that idea, of of asking questions about either something that you would want to live in, um, some method of augmenting the current world we live in now or asking um what type of world could exist if you know a or b were to exist if magic were to exist if this t sort of technology were to exist if this being or species were to exist you know um it's all about asking questions that's a major part of the strategy and then um after that you want to go into uh kind of crafting a chain of events in that world like to say you basically asking yourself what would a day in the life of this person be like in this world right so that's another part of, of, of actually ideating the entire world is saying okay um there's dragons in this world um what would it be like to live in this, in this world do i see dragons on a regular basis do i ever get to talk to dragons do i have to fight them are they scary are they nice you know all, all this stuff it's, it's again asking questions but this um time from a from a perspective of um living inside that world and then the last part not really the last part there's tons of parts that you can really have but i, I think uh one of the last major parts is um how to Wrap this world up such that it lives on its own. Another, uh, it's kind of something people don't really realize is that the best worlds um, are those that feel like they can exist by themselves. Um, they're not something that you that you need, need to you need to read, you know, 
these other books to understand what's going on with your world that has nothing to do with your world. Like, I, I, if I have to go and read, like, a, 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 use, um, a theoretical biology, you know, book on how dragons might, might you know, exist just to understand, you know, what, what the dragon is in your world, then it's, it's too much. So I feel like the best of worlds have something that's, that's self-consistent, um, and doesn't rely on outside factors to really understand that, that world. And so what are the tools you can use to, you know, make, to ideate? I believe that they, one major tool you can have, um, an idea that you can have for that is inspiration food. So basically, um, our minds, just like you are what you eat, you are what you consume mentally. So the ideas that you come up with um, stem from somewhere. Even an epiphany doesn't literally come out of nowhere. It comes from a, a kind of melody and, and gumbo of a lot of different um, factors that happen in your life. Whether it's, whether it's some random things you've read or seen or um, stray thoughts that, that stem from themselves from content that you've um, recently uh, consumed, basically. So if you have an, a, an app or a... Basically, yeah, probably just keep it simple in an app that, that gives you um, pictures, kind of like Pinterest, right? Pinterest is a very good idea of inspiration food, um, but a good way to, to keep it to keep it so that you're, you're coming up with more ideas than you're consuming, because um, that's a big problem with a lot of um, people that when they're trying to come up with worlds or, or write, they kind of get lost in the, the, the act of consumption rather than the act of ideation. And so the, uh, this app would have to be similar to Pinterest in which it can, it can give you a bunch of different um, pictures or a bunch of different um, uh, content from other works of art. But it should also kind of like lock you down after a certain amount. It, it, should, it should like actually impose some type of re restriction so that you can't sit there and, you know, browse all day, you know, looking at this or that. Um, it should give you a set amount each day and you say, oh, boom, uh, I see these different three different pictures. Um, I'm going to stay consistent here. So a dragon um, and then there is something different like like a brick and um, space, <laughs> you know, put these, these things together. Like I think the best parts of coming up with the with the most uh, imaginative worlds is is stemming from taking different aspects of different things and putting them together to be unique. Um, that's a big thing of, of, of about about being unique is that it doesn't again it doesn't come out from, uh, of nowhere. It comes from you having a wide variety of, of mediums and of content to pull from. So if you can have an app or something like that that can diversify your inputs, um, not only in, a, in that Pinterest format where you're actually looking at you know different pictures every day. But I guess it could be another app or a different feature of that app where it actually diversifies how you consume. So maybe you see pictures um, this day. Maybe you have a different sound. Maybe you hear um, some interesting different uh, musics and, and, and um, um, audio, audio forms or whatever. Uh, maybe you smell something different this day. Maybe you eat something different. You know, uh, something that, that helps you to um, diversify how you take in that, that, that information and um, that content can, can go a long way in being able to actually come up with a unique world. Because if you, if you remember, um, if you ever had yourself, you know, a world that, that you really could, that you wish you can live inside of, it wasn't one, on one level. It probably wasn't just, you know, oh, there's dragons. 
Um, it was like, oh, they even talk about the food here. The they have their own, you know, uh, they have their own favorite drink and stuff like that. I wonder what that tastes like. You know, you would never come up with that with an idea of having unique food in your world if you yourself never eat unique food. <laughs> um, so being able to diversify your impulses goes a huge way in, in creating a, 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 a unique world. Um, the next part is finding the empathy and humanity or, or, or the soul in everything. So a big part of being able to ideate um, a, a, new, a new environment is being able to look at the current one and see the story behind each thing. You can look at a, your phone and wonder, oh, what's the, who, who, who made this phone? You know, why is it designed like this? Um, what hands were it was in before it got to mine? Even if it was, even if I bought it at the store, it had to have been made by somebody. Um, so, what, what, what's the story behind that? Uh, that's my alarm. So I went on too long. Oh my gosh, I only got to the first part. But um, wow, I have to fix that. Anyways, <laughs> um, being able to actually look at everything around you and say, whoa, what is the story behind that? Um, what is the context behind that? Once you can see like kind of like the soul and the context behind everything, then you would have a, a, a much better uh, ability to come up with ideas for everything. You could look at a trash can and wonder, okay, how, how, how long has this trash man been here? Um, what insects have been parading around it? How, how many times has it been moved or cleaned up or, or anything like that? Um, uh, can you use the trash can for something else? Can you invent something with it? Can, can you uh, put some... Can you put uh, some dirt in there and grow some flowers in that trash can? Uh, what, <laughs> you know, what if this trash can was alive? What, what, what would it say? Would it like to have all this trash in it? Does does a trash can have um, a? Is a trash can picky? Does it does it even want trash to be in it? What if you know you, you just have all sorts of things? Um, just looking at the humanity behind different um, objects or, or even people, especially people. You can people watch all day and come up with a, a number of ideas. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I believe, some major aspects of ideation, just, just coming up with the idea for how to world build. And um, those are three different tools or features of one huge tool that you can use to um, ideate. If somebody came up with those tools, then you would be able to, and yes, being able to look at a humanity of an object is a tool in itself because that can be like an augmented reality app. You can look through your phone and, and, and um, maybe it might be crowdsourced or maybe it might be even artificial intelligence where the uh, AI has like like kind of thing with um, AI dreaming and they come up with some weird looking visuals where the AI, you look it through the camera and the AI itself <laughs> kind of extrapolates what that is. And just trying to see something from an AI vision from a, uh, the the vision of a thing that is so alien to us that we can't can't really understand because it's artificial in and of itself. Being able to like see that is is its own you know um, value. So yeah, um, that is an app in itself. It could be its own app. It could be its own feature. It can be attacked onto something else. Um, but it be I think it will be powerful nonetheless. Um, I'm not sure if I should go on to talk about the different other things I have. I usually end these podcasts around 14 minutes on Spreaker, but uh, I guess I'll end it here for now, and I'll come back and talk about the setting, what gives context and shape to your story and to your world, and how to come up with the actual um, 
the actual type of world it'll be, you know, where it is, um, how to decide where it is, when it is, what it is, how it is, all that stuff. All right. So uh, thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Thoughts of a Trillion Error. Bye bye. All right. In this segment, I want to talk about the setting. What gives context and shape to your story and to your world building? Now, we talked about the idea, you know, how to come up with different ideas and um, some tools you can use to, to create those. And um, so to jump right into the setting, I believe uh, an important part to creating to creating a world is uh, thinking about where that world will be. <clears throat> so when you're thinking about how to fashion your world, you want to think about um, where and when this uh, this world takes place, whether it's in the past, uh, whether it's based on like an American society or European or Indian, African, whatever, uh, if it's based on some type of culture or if it's going to be set in the future, you know, sci-fi, or it's going to be set in the past, meaning there's not much technology, is it like primitive times, is it um, fantasy, is it, you know, all these things you, you can think about um, comes into the setting of your story, um, of your world. And so when you're going to create that fashion um, or create that world, you wanted to base it behind essentially a truth that's already from because all all the world building, you know, all of storytelling comes from something else. Comes from a, uh, just like what I think I said that with ideas. It comes from uh, something in the real world. And so when you're basing your 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 setting. You have to think about a, a, a truth that you you know a lot about. Don't just pick something just because it sounds um, interesting, it sounds cool, um, if you don't know much about it, and or if you're not going to do the research for it. Um, I feel like a lot of, you can tell when a, a setting or a world is weak, um, because the, the core concept behind that world, the truth behind it that they try to, that they try to use, the culture or the time span or... Um, Whatever they tried to use, the science, uh, whatever, um, was not was not familiar to them. They didn't do research. They didn't come from that area, and so everything that they, they that they built the world on was built on stereotypes or, or weak um, symbolism or whatever. So when you are coming going to create your your uh, setting, it's imperative that it's actually based on something real, you know. Um, and so that's why I have some tools behind that is uh, pretty simple to, to think about. One, you're going to need some type of fact corrector. Something that says, okay, um, I see you're trying to base your, your world off of Indian culture, but um, karate is not really Indian culture or something like that. Or You, know, you might have some, some um, misrepresentations of what somebody's culture is, and having a, a tool that is actually um, able to fact correct your, your, um, your assumptions is powerful. Um, it's, it's very powerful for that. Um, next is uh, what I call, like to call the realism index, which is you know how realistic is your world, how how um, believable is your world. Does, do people have to um, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? The uh, I forgot what it's called. <laughs> but basically, you know, when you read a story or you watch something, you play something, and you have to um, like put away your belief. Of, I don't know why I'm blanking on this phrase right now. I should have wrote it down or something. But, anyways, um, basically, how how much of a of a step do you have to take to believe in that world happening? Right. Um, a big problem with a lot of worlds is that they're they're in essence based on a, on a very wrong assumption, and so you, it's hard for you to get immersed into the world. It's hard for you to to get to the actual story of um, whatever the 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 author the writer is trying to tell you because it's, it's just like. 
you base the entire premise on, on a weak, you know, footing, on a, on a bad foundation. So you don't even want to get into the rest of it. So a realism index, I believe, is something that can, um, is similar to a fact corrector. It takes your assumptions, it takes the world um, you created, asks you, you know, what culture are you basing it on or what time frame are you basing it on, you know, asks you what your assumptions are. And then it goes to research about those assumptions and, and it can tell you kind of um, a, a loose number, maybe some type of numerical number or or um, a percentage or um, something that indicates how how realistic this this world feels um, of course it's kind of hard to, to actually do um, uh, through automation currently through artificial intelligence it, I think it, is, it will be possible especially if you train the mechanism for it to understand you know what makes a good world versus a bad world um, it won't be able to understand of course from from the con, con, uh, from the uh, I guess the soul of whatever it doesn't under I doubt any algorithm will be able to understand it like that, but it'll be able to understand it from context, from um, how different facts or different um, things correlate within that within that own world. So, for um, to start with something like that, it will definitely have to be. Um, I have a lot of filler words here, but it will definitely have to be based on human input. So it'll be more like a a aggregation site where you can put in your story. And uh, the, all the system does, all the au the automated part is just helps you to uh, to describe your story, I guess, and to point out the assumptions that you make. It might it might be able to, yeah, yeah. So I think if you if you link databases of stories up with with uh, I guess some basically like a historical contexts of different uh, different cultures. And civilizations and societies, then you'll be able to say, okay, my story is based on this, and then the um, the device or the uh, not the device, but the uh, algorithm or whatever it is will be able to point out different facts that you have that you've taken from that culture or from other cultures. And so the actual people will come in and say, hey, um, I live in this place, um, and this is not true or whatever, you know. So yeah, fact corrector, realism index. And uh, next is uh, re very related to that, the self-consistency greater. Um, so that, that, that basically goes into the context again, where you base your setting on a, on a certain uh, culture. You base your setting on whatever. Um, and as you write your, your world, as you describe your world, uh, either the system or you, you just be... I like to automate things just because it's easier to, to scale it. But even if it's not, it, it helps to have... Oh wow! Just have a lot of epiphanies just then. But basically, <laughs> you can have a whole platform built on, you know, world building where somebody uh, similar to what we have now, but actually uh, inputting a an infrastructure there. So people are rewarded for reading your stories, and the system it only serves to ensure that you you are who you say you are. Like for instance, if you say you're a fact check checker and you live in this culture or you know about this culture the system is able to tell if you're if that's true or not and but all of the actual you know facts um, correcting the realism index the self-consistency all that is is made through actual humans who read the stories and say hey um, this is not true or this is true this is self-consistent and stuff like that so you actually be able to build an entire platform based on you know people just putting their input on your setting on your world that you created and seeing how how strong it is, how well it holds up. So, uh, yeah, self consistency is all about you know uh, how much does your world make sense to it to itself. 
Um, this music is very loud. I don't know. I want to play a certain type of music for through Anchor, but I don't. I ain't feel like you know going through all that right now. But anyways, <laughs> um, for self consistency, it's it's all about saying, okay, you wrote this like you you for instance maybe you're writing about um, feudalism, a feudalistic type of society in your story. Um, and you have a king, queen, you have um, knights, you have peasants and everything, but you also have uh, jacks or something like that. And somebody's like, hey, what, what, what's a jack? <laughs> that's not a real thing, that's a card. It's like, oh, I thought it was actual part of feudalism. I'm like, no, that's more like a jester or something like that. So that helps you know consistency. But even if it's, well, I guess that's more fact-checking and realism. Yeah, that's fact-checking. Corrector. So I get... Actually, self-consistency would be okay. You, you said the the um, queen lived to this point and that point, and she and she lived and she accomplished this. But you also said the king, the the queen for another kingdom did this at this time. You know, th these are self-conflicting. Um, so consistency helps you to um, basically have a set timeline or a set uh, sequence of events or. Even a, a character that's self-consistent with themselves, even that's a little bit harder to do because a lot of people, well, a lot of times, realistic people are, are very, um, are not so not necessarily self-consistent. They they might seem contradictory, so it's hard to say what's self-consistent with their character. But still, um, you can still tell if you've built your character to be a certain type of person, and all of a sudden it does, she does he or she does this out of the blue. You know, it's not self-consistent. So people having a platform that can easily um, point these things out will be will definitely be very powerful and then um in addition to that you have the originality score which is a tool that allows you to see how you know how how, how original is your story um a lot of people come up with things and it's like oh what if you could do this blah 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 but it's like oh the what you just said is it's, it's the same thing as this story you know this other popular story or even this not so popular story, but it's almost exactly the same. So it seems like you're plagiarizing. Are you plagiarizing? <laughs> so it's basically able to tell, you know, if you if you stole your your idea from somewhere, or just more likely, um, if your inspiration, if the the inspiration food that you got this idea from, is if the content that you got this idea from, if you haven't really spent much time being imaginative and being creative about it, you can always tell how creative somebody is. Based on um, how well they abstracted their con their uh, the content in which you know they gained the inspiration from. So, say for instance, you you want to make a new story, and all you do is is uh, combine Game of Thrones with with uh, Star Trek or something like that. <laughs> and somebody comes along and is like, "Hey, this is not really you know creative. It's just Game of Thrones in, in space." <laughs> and so, being able to tell when something you create is not necessarily original helps you to to, to re refresh uh, or review what you're looking at um, and actually try to be more original you know it, of course it's always hard to do that because there's so much content out there now there's so much stories there's so many worlds out there and there's more and more created every second so it's, it's probably impossible to be completely original but you can at least um, take care not to repeat things that are said or done too often 
we don't need the uh, the ten millionth um, freaking you know sword and shield game. We don't need a, the ten millionth uh, slay the dragon story. Um, of course, you can always have a new interesting spin on it and something like that. But it's the the more you depend on on a tired trope, the more you depend on a a uh, world or a setting or a story that's often talked about the less likely your world um, the less likely your world will be to make an impression a lasting impression on the readers and the less likely um, it is for your readers to actually be immersed in that world because they're gonna be too busy thinking about oh this is almost just like Skyrim uh, I remember when I played Skyrim and I could do that blah 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 but I can't do this in, in, in your in your world or um, in case of a game, but even if it's the same thing, if it's a book or a movie, whatever, if you make your world the same or too much, too close, too much, you know, too closely to some something else out there, especially if it's something popular, then you're just doing a disservice to yourself, wasting your own time, as well as to uh, your readers and your your um your customers or whatever you want to call them. Um, next is the builder and maker of maps. This is a huge, huge tool that I think can be an incredibly useful for world building. Is having a tool that easily allows you to build a realistic map. Like such a simple idea, but is very, is very, it's just not done. It's not well done. I've I've done a I've I've looked around a lot for um, ways to build my own maps for my own story versus my own uh, story verse. But all the tools out there is like not only are they kind of ugly to be honest with you, they're like 2D and and look like they were made like 10 years ago. But they're also like very comp complicated, and they still don't actually do much. Like you have a tool to create a, a geography a geographical map, but it doesn't actually tell you if that geography is realistic. Like um, if you build a mountain a mountainscape in this zone. How would that affect the environment, you know, down the line? How how would it affect the climate, the uh, the plant life, you know, the, the the all this stuff? How would it affect the overall environment, and thus how would it affect the culture and your characters and and, and you know, uh, whatever else that that's going on in the world, you know? Um, so making a realistic map is actually very important, but not really well done um, today, and that is a very unfortunate problem because if we did have more more realistic worlds then it would be easier to have um, more worlds in which you can you can do you know a greater variety of, of originality from like if you're creating an alien world um, and you just have like the same thing we have on earth but done wrong <laughs> where you're you, you put a mountain in this zone and then you have a you have a lake right next to it and and um, it's like always 90 degrees you're like what's going on here it doesn't really make sense um, but it just makes sense, I feel like, to have a, a, a realistic world builder, realistic map builder, where you can actually build a map, not just in 2D, but in 3D. Like, imagine how amazing it would be if you, if you can um, generate a 3D map of your world. If you can drag and drop a mountain, rivers, and all this stuff, and just, like, populate it in 3D right then and there. That would be freaking, uh, like, astounding right there. Um... That's why, like, you, they make whole games around stuff like that. Like, um, Minecraft is so big because you can create your own world um, um, relatively easily, you know. And uh, Roblox because you can create your own games and all that, whatever. A bunch of 
these the, the 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 ability to create your own maps is always just big. Everybody loves map creators usually, and being able to have that for any any story that you create, uh, whether it be a book or a movie or or a game or whatever, is is like super awesome, man. Super awesome. So yeah, um, those are the main tools I think that can be used to create a setting for your world, um, and really all of it. Yeah, even though each one can be its own tool, I think all of them can come together and and what I was kind of trying to get to before, um, before, which is a community aggregator site where you have a community of, of world builders and all these tools are just different features in that in that um, community app or community web page or whatever it is. And um, yeah, people can just collaborate on these tools. They can use the tools together. They can share um, what they created. They can ask for feedback. They can... Um, you know, do whatever you need to do. <laughs> um, again, it's a fairly simple idea. Of course, hard to execute, but very useful. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Alright, welcome back. Or I guess you probably never left <laughs> if you're still listening this long. But here's the next segment. I'm going to talk about the plot and the how you actually craft the story of the, um, the world that you just created. So, um... I'm probably going to keep this short because there's so much out there about, you know, how to create a good plot anyways. Um, really, so much about world building in general, I just realized when I was uh, searching through YouTube um, later earlier. But anyways, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to focus mostly on the ideas around, you know, um, the ideas that, uh, for tools that you can use to create um, amazing plots. Um, so as you all know... Uh, the plot is about, you know, what happens, how, and why. You have a rising action, you have the expi- exposition, right there. You have the rising action, the climax, exposition, whatever. Um, so there's a specific plot to stuff, and there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, but most of them center around the same general um, format. And then you have your characters, which is incredibly important as well. Um, sometimes even great characters can make a great, well, oftentimes... Maybe even most times, the good characters can make or break your story. Um, so in that case, you have to worry about you know character arcs and, and um, being able to actually have your character grow through the through the plot and what they experience through the world. And so, um, what I really think some some tools I think would be helpful for that would be one a uh, kind of like a plot hole puncher, <laughs> um, pun intended, and which can like. Basically, it can read through your plot and say, okay, this, this area doesn't really make sense. You know, A plus B doesn't connect. You, you, may, you went from A to C or, you know, um, your conclusions or your uh, whatever your, your plot is doesn't make sense. So I, I believe you can have some type of tool that can help do that. Again, uh, it, would, great, it would be great to have it automated. It's just so much, scale, so much more scalable. But putting that sort of thing in the community aggregator would be awesome. Um, but in order to help people do that, rather than just say, oh, say some random stuff about your plot, you can have an in- infrastructure in the community, in the site, in which, in which um, gives a framework for your plot. So the, the, the infrastructure would focus on the kind of like the skeleton of the plot that you use. So maybe you have a more traditional plot. Maybe you have a plot that's more like a drama Maybe you have a plot that's more like a horror, you know. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is it'll be based on genre and it'll be based on 
the general idea behind your plot and so it'll provide that structure and the scoring that you can that other people can score your plot by and then they can go in and read it and say okay this is how your plot you know um holds up to the to the um thing that you're 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 setting it up against or or the foundation that you're putting on so that's the plot hole puncher and then you have your character arc and uh development greater so again um this mostly is in regards to having actual infrastructure that says okay this is the type of character you've built here this is the um the type of arc it looks like you're trying to set up this is how well you're actually getting to that arc <laughs> so i think it'll be very helpful to actually have something where you can say okay my my uh character arc is actually like i'm thinking it's 90 percent good um that my character is growing to a, a very well clip and stuff like that but it's actually only like 40 percent <laughs> reasonable where um this and this is missing or is not reaching up to this point or the end the end point that i've that i've written about is just the same as the beginning so you know having having a grader that's actually can can um help people rate how well your arc is going will definitely be very useful i think and it's um again it could be a feature or a tool in and of itself it could be a freaking worksheet or it can be a whole app that you can use um but just having it out there where people can easily access it and use it would definitely um, be more useful than what, than what we have now. We're kind of just shooting in the dark half the time. Um, the next part is the details and distractions of your plot. So a lot of times when, when we're coming up with a plot or, or a character or something like that, sometimes we tend to focus in too much on the details. Um, maybe your character has a weird quirk um, that makes it interesting, but you either are procrastinating on actually fin finishing the plot or maybe you're just just too excited about that quirk and so every other sentence or every other you know facet about that character is centered around that one quirk so you're like okay okay this is just too much you know details and too much too much that's going into one you know little little piece about your character and it's actually taken away from your total your overall character arc and your overall development so having, again, a, a tool and an infrastructure that can help point those things out will be massively amazing. And lastly, you have your complexity scale, which basically says, um, you know, how how simple or comp complicated your character is. Um, is this character, you know, two-dimensional? Um, does, does he just, is it a one-trick pony? Um, does he make any growth throughout the process? And is that growth actually meaningful? Or is it just, you know... Uh, shallow growth or is it just something that that that, that feels just tacked on um, a complexity scale I feel like also can go to into how how well that character is is uh, re how relatable that character is you know um, a lot of times if you have a shallow character it's harder to actually relate with it um, even though the author might be trying to make that character more relatable um, by making it very general that general that generosity or that's not the word I want to use, but that that focus on making it general makes it also makes it shallow because you know as wide as the ocean, as deep as a, as a pool or whatever it's a term, <laughs> um, deep as a pond. Yeah, right. Yeah. So basically, yeah, um, having something that can actually scale how much complexity you're using, like is uh, from a scale of one to ten, how complex is it? Um, or it could just be it, it could even be more. The scale itself could be more complicated, like. On a scale to, to from 2D simple to you know 
four dimensional next next dimension uh extravagance <laughs> how complex is this character so yeah all these can come together into its own feature its own tool about plots about crafting the story and the characters or it can be again all into that world building um platform just imagine this whole thing put together like a whole platform specifically for you know creating amazing worlds and, and stories and stuff like that that would be amazing right there right um i definitely think so so i'm at seven minutes i'm gonna go ahead and finish up um the last two i had was the lesson and the medium now these two don't necessarily need their own tools or their own um pop the own segments on here i think because both of them are, again very very well done very well talked about a lot and there's a lot out there to help um support these two these two areas to to an extent so the first part is the lesson you know what the message or your purpose is about in the story um pretty much the the, the things that you want to pay attention to is the is what's the point of the story why are you even writing this um even if you just want to have, you're just writing it because it's fun or you're passionate about it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you also have some type of message you want to tell, some type of um, feeling you want to give. You know, some, there's always some point to a story that you, that, that anybody is, is creating. And next is the impact or imprint of the uh, story, meaning how how meaningful is it? So when somebody reads this, um, what takeaway do they have? Is it is it gonna is it gonna be something they think about and refer to for years to come? Um, is it going to actually challenge them to change something about their own, you know, lives and, and, and um, assumptions and perceptions about life? Or is it just something, you know, it's going to be a little fun and they'll forget about it afterwards? Um, being able to actually, you know, say from the get-go what, what that may be can be helpful. Um, so, but more, more importantly, I think it would be an impact tracker. In which you can say, like, every time somebody reads or, or, or plays your thing or, you know, just experiences your story, you can kind of track, track metrics on how, how, how impactful it was and, you know, where they take that later. It, honestly, it would be hard to track that to a certain extent because a, a lot of times it seems very, um, what's the term, mutable? No, um, it just seems very evanescent, I guess. I don't know, immaterial. So it's hard to track exactly, you know, how how something impacted somebody else's life. But you can at least track, you know, how often your your story is talked about online or or where it's talked about, what people say about it and stuff like that. So maybe you have some type of web crawler that goes about and looks for your story and sees, you know, when it's being talked about. Um, the next part is a culture connector. Um, I, I call this a tool because uh, certain stories are made for certain people. So you can perhaps have a, a tool that helps you to see how well your story is connecting with that culture, how well your story is connecting with that group of people. So if you're um, like my story versus is specifically built for and by um, people of color, specifically black people um, who are looking, you know, to, to kind of like search for our identities in, in terms of um, Afrocentrism and, and stuff like that. And so I, I think it would be useful for us to say, OK. How many other black people feel the same way? How many other black people would, would enjoy this type of um, experience in this type of world? Um, being able to actually put numbers to this would be amazing because uh, both for the both for the aspect of um, having that confidence in your own story and in your own ideas, as well as as you know, to be honest, just showing other people that hey, see, black people want to see themselves in media because sometimes you hear oh. You doesn't care whether or not you're 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 somebody that looks like you was in the, in the media. It doesn't matter, you know. 
I find like people say that, and it's, it's almost always people who you know is by default in the media, so it's easy for them to say that. So having the actual numbers of 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 people who are who are impacted and connected to a certain story, um, and and let themselves grade it, let themselves you know just prove to just make a point that that this is in fact a very important um, point to do. Uh, the next point um, is the de-obfuscator, which is like <laughs> uh, helps to clear up, like, like, how I guess helps to clear up your message. You know, uh, a lot of people tend to write a story. Some stories are written like it feels like to be unnecessarily complicated and just and just ridiculous he's like what, what's going on here what are you actually trying to say um sometimes it's a good or bad thing sometimes it's a good thing because it causes people to to, to look into it more to research more like a good example is, is recent fairly recent examples this is america by childish gambino a very amazing um music video and song and um there's just so many messages and so many symbols he put in there that people are always like asking okay what is this about what how many messages are in here you know people are always pointing out something different and so a deobfuscator in this case would be a good thing for helping out, um, for just helping draw out those different messages and say, okay, maybe look at this type of symbol or maybe this symbol is relating to this, you know, be able to connect those dots more easily so that you can better appreciate that art. Um, but also from a negative or, or I guess a, a growth mindset sort of thing, things that it can, it can help improve upon is, is somebody that has a, a work of art that's like so convoluted that you don't even know what, 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 what their intent was. So that deobfuscator when, um, can be used for the artists themselves when they're creating their art, their story, their world. That tool can be used to say, okay, this might be a little too um, vague or, or a little too subtle to actually make any sense. <laughs> or maybe you're too far in your head. So, you know, this tool can, can help do that. How? Again, um, I want to I want to use some type of machine learning, but of course you can just use you know just people that go in and say, um, okay, according to this culture or according to this symbol, you know, X amount of people know about the symbol or or um, this symbol that you use in your world, this symbol that you use in your story doesn't really connect with most people. It doesn't it doesn't mean what you think it means, and so they can you know kind of help uh, make sure your your message is actually going to be clear. And lastly, you have the redundancy finder for 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 uh, making a lesson or a message. So how how useful is your message? Like how are you just saying the same thing that every, other people said? Um, this can be a good or bad thing. Again, um, you might be saying the same thing, but in a way that that makes that actually connects with the other people. Perhaps it's been said over and over again, but most people don't um, take heed to it. So um, this this tool can help you maybe. Maybe get an idea whether or not this might actually be a helpful way to say it. Are you saying it the same way um, other people have said this message, or are you actually do you actually have a unique um, method of, of of you know of saying what you're trying to say? <laughs> um, and also in regards to okay, you have a big world, you have a big story for those of us that like the, these to create this, these um, extravagant worlds, but how? How much, um, how dynamic is it? Like, is every part of your world just a just a cut and cop, just a cut and paste copy? You know, is it is it? <laughs> it's like using procedural generation for a world, but every map is is the same. 
you know, <laughs> um, so that redundancy finder can can kind of do that same thing, but for the actual message or the or the um, impact you're trying to make in in your story. And the last part, the last segment, or whatever you want to call it, um, the last element of world building is the medium, which is extremely important, and how that story is going to be told. If you're going to write a book, you're going to focus on on certain types of detail, certain narration. Um, and stuff like that versus if you're writing a movie where you have to focus on the scenes, the, the characters um, and the, the overall feeling of, of the world rather than actually trying to describe every, every point of it um, versus, versus a game where you have to actually include interaction points um, and the success of your world depends on how interactive it is so if you're in a game, um, especially a VR game, if, if the world isn't interactive then people are going to forget about it and be like, okay, what, what am I here for? I might as well have, you know, watched a movie or something. Um, that's what I hate about games that put, like, a whole bunch of cutscenes into it. I'm like, you might as well have just made a movie or a series or something like that. <laughs> um, so, but more importantly, um, I think people know this for the, for, the, for the most part. So the tools I have for, for um, the medium of world building is threefold. So one, you have the cultural translator, um, something that is able to... At least try uh, much better than it is now to to translate a concept from one culture to another. So this is extremely hard to do. So that this is why a lot of things are lost in translation in terms of uh, in, in in terms of work of art or or um, stories and stuff like that. I read a lot of Zanshia Eastern novels and stuff like that. So they have like concepts and, and metaphors and, and things that uh, that's my alarm. But yeah, you have you have things that are like are so. Eastern that when it's translated over to Western language, it's like completely lost. Like, what what are you talking about here? <laughs> um, so it might be like jostics or something like that, or um, it could be simple phrases like that, or the concept of um, of, of what do you call it uh, power. The different the different power levels they have. I forget right now. It's been a while since I've read it. But basically, like you have. There's a, a lot of different concepts that that differ a lot between cultures, and having a tool that can actually attempt, um, very very that can attempt to, to translate this stuff will be powerful. Um, of course, it will be ever ever um, learning and um, evolving. It will require a lot of actual translation between people, and but I think it will be a great thing to do. Um, not only because of how how much it will help um, machine learning in terms of being able to actually translate um, languages in real time. But um, before it gets to that point, you actually be able to give jobs to a lot of you know translators and, and cultural studies people who, who don't really have, to be honest, they don't really do have much to do in, in, in current um, jobs today. Because a lot of jobs are kind of focused in on, on specific products or whatever. But having jobs specifically meant to translate cultures, um, that would be that would be great. You can build a whole freaking company on this, just this one aspect of just trying to translate a, a uh, cultural story from one to another. Um, the next part is the medium transmogra- transmogrifier. I'm not sure if it's the actual word, but it sounds cool. And adapter. Or, or you know, tra- basically a, the medium adapter. Something that's able to change um a, a book into a movie or into a game moderately well very well so imagine having again this could be its own company of people who go in and say okay this book is is very interesting i wonder what it'll be like as a game and so they they focus on making this book an amazing game so um today you kind of see attempts at this 
but it's not done well at all. It's almost always just a marketing thing. Um, it's just a way to sell more copies or whatever, and it's very, very surface level, very shallow, and uh, very terribly well done or terribly done. So, <laughs> having a tool or a company or uh, an app, something specifically focused on this one concept, would be freak. Like, it's, I would love this, man, because I, I always wanted to play. You know, there's so many books I've read. I always wanted to say, see what it would look like in an actual game world or something like that. Or a series to um, to follow afterwards after the book is done. So having people that can take um, these worlds and translate it to another medium, man, that, that that would just be amazing. Of course, it would it would it would require some some rework in terms of the plot or maybe even in terms of the world. But at the end of the day, it would be massively successful, I think, and it would definitely change how how we think about um, storytelling and, and world building. Um, and lastly, of all, you have the medium suggestions and scoring, which is like saying, okay, I, I see you created this, this world, um, but which medium would it be good um, to, to actually focus on? So uh, maybe originally you want to create a book, but maybe your world would actually be better as a game just because the descriptions of it doesn't, um, it's hard to, it's hard to um, distinguish in the book and it would be better situated, situated as, a, as a visual art. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, but to be honest, now that I'm thinking about this, I wrote I wrote this a while ago. But now that I think about this, I think it'll be it'll actually be better to just have the the medium adapter, where <laughs> um, and inside that you have a, a little small thing, a little small feature on the side that scores to say, okay, it might be easier to make this this world into a book or a movie or a show or or um, a game. Um, but yeah, this is pretty much the end. Of this whole thing is a terrible ending. <laughs> I never know how to end things. Um, but shoot, I think this was this was fun. This is probably a, a very long episode. This whole thing of all all five segments um, are really all five elements, only three segments. But this whole thing is like an hour now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to talk about that that medium thing, the medium adapter for a little bit more. Um, you can, of course, leave if you're still here. I doubt anyone is. But anyways, <laughs> the medium adapter, man, like, I mean, pretty much said everything. <laughs> I just like that deal, man. It's so cool. Oh, just think about it. Like, you're reading an amazing book. You're like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what, this like is a, 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 what this would be like as a game. So you give it to this company or you put it in an app and it, and it starts, you know, um, visualizing the different aspects, taking the details and, and turning it into a, a world that you can actually go dive inside of, and then you can interact with the different characters. You can talk to them. You can, <laughs> okay, this is like far futuristic. Maybe, maybe not that futuristic. Maybe in like the next 10, 20, no, maybe not 10, maybe like 20, 20 30 years. Um, take a fair amount of artificial intelligence. Um, and even if it's done with just humans, it'll, it'll, it will probably take like years to take to turn just one book into a game or into a show um, but maybe I don't know maybe as we have more creative tools we can easily create um, we create we create um, different worlds and, and, and create different assets um, yeah if you just had that tool from earlier that I spoke about about world building um, about map making if you had a, that 3d design tool um, and when I say a 3D design tool, I don't mean like some ugly freaking thing like Maya or, 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 or uh, Autodesk or whatever people use, Blender, 
not that not, not, not that stuff like when i think about a 3d creating tool i'm thinking about like the idea i had um for a company called flubby where we would actually create our our platform is actually makes it extremely easy to create 3d tools where all you or you can just like it's almost like play-doh or, or a freaking um legos or something how easy it is to create a world so um when i say you know being able to create those assets i mean just easy to be able to spin it up without having without having to have some years of experience in, in um, 3d design and, and all that stuff just being able to take a story make it into a world allow people to interact with it that would just be powerful and, and it, it will help that this um a lot of stories to live on further than you know they originally may be may have been intended because a lot of times you might read a really good book and then the end you're like oh what now what now i gotta leave this world like i can't tell you how many times i've read an amazing book even if it was a long series like like three three series or even seven seven books in a series and then it, it ends and i'm just like but it can't end i wouldn't live this world it's so well crafted and so you know being able to actually jump to a game made by that you can even have a a, a freaking um tool a, a book where you're reading a book right and then you press a button on the book, and then you jump into a virtual reality. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm wilding now. <laughs> but that'd be so so dope. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, like really, really thank you. Like if you're listening this long, <laughs> like thank you. Like come call me, comment me, or something. I want to talk to you, man. This is if you're actually listening this long, I would want to talk. I definitely want to talk to you. Um, but uh thank you. <laughs> bye bye.